We can't explain how. We can't explain why. Father, all we know is that for every one of us, there was a situation where it seemed to be all but over. And as I look around this church, I see situations where the doctor said it was done. I see situations. Father, where everyone said the marriage was over. Father, situations where our backs were against the wall. And we don't know why or how. All we know is you did it. Father, you made a way. Where healing was needed, you healed us. Where deliverance was needed, you delivered us. Father, where relationships needed to be restored, you restored us. And for that, we say thank you, Father. Lord, continue to move among us. We'll be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We wouldn't want to serve any other God. Father, so thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Bless our time in your word. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Come on and give God a big, give God a better hand than that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you, praise and worship team. Oh, man. You know, they did that song in the first service. And in my mind, it was like, they tore the church up, and I was like, there's no way it can get any better than that. And then they come right back to the second service and do it even better. God bless you. Amen. I wouldn't serve a God that I couldn't feel sometimes. Amen. 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 If this is your first time at Faith Bible Church, we want to say welcome. Thank you for being here today. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed our service, uh, this service so far, and uh, really hope that uh, God uses it to, to bless your life. I'm going to get right into the word, if I can find my glasses. There they go. All right, we've already prayed. Let's get into the word. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Go to the next verse. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be, what's that next word? By the renewing of your what? Now, this next word, I want you to read this next word like we were on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I said, if you read this next word with enough enthusiasm, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, but not really, because the way my bank account's set up, I got to check it in the savings, and I can't afford a car for myself. <laughs> but read this next word. Watch this. By the renewing of your mind, what's that next word? Yes. Oh, y'all can read it better than that. Yes. Renewing of your mind, what? Yes. Keep that in mind. It's a key word. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of who? God. 
I want to talk to you today about purpose. Today we're talking about purpose. And if you don't walk away with anything else from this message, the thing that I want you to walk away with is you were created on purpose. You were created on purpose. You were created for a purpose. And because you were created on purpose and for a purpose, it should cause you to live your life on purpose. Let me say that again. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. And because you were created on purpose and for a purpose, you should live your life on purpose. Now watch this. Said a man and a woman got up in, in age. They were old. And... They started forgetting stuff like they couldn't remember simple stuff. Uh, And so they got concerned about it and they decided to go to the doctor and get checked out. So they go to the doctor to get checked out and the doctor says, there's nothing really wrong with you except old age. And they said, it happens, he said, it happens to everybody. He said, I would suggest to you that in order to remember things, you start writing things down. He says, start writing things down so that you can remember it and, and you won't be forgetting so much. So they thought it was good advice, so they went home. And when they got home later on that evening after dinner, the wife said to the husband, she said, you know, I would really like a bowl of ice cream. Won't you go in there and fix me a bowl of ice cream? You might want to write it down so you don't forget by the time you get in the kitchen. The husband said, I'm not listening to you or that retarded doctor. I can remember a bowl of ice cream. I got this. She said, well, I also want strawberries on top of my ice cream. So because I want strawberries on top of the ice cream, that's two things instead of one. So you might want to write it down because you might forget. He said, I don't need to write it down. I'm not going to forget. I got it. Strawberries and ice cream. He said, she said, well, I want whipped cream on it, too. She said, you might want to write it down because there's three things. You might not forget one or two, but you might forget three things. So you might want to write it down. He said, nope, I got it. Ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream, no problem. I'm going to remember it. And he ran off into the kitchen before she asked for something else. He goes into the kitchen, and the lady all of a sudden hears pots and pans clinging. She hears stuff sizzling on the stove, and she's like, what in the world is he doing? About 15, 20 minutes later, he comes back with a fresh plate of bacon and eggs. (laughs) The lady looks at him, and she shakes her head, and she looks up at him in disgust, and she says, you forgot the toast. (laughs) Y'all will get it tomorrow. She forgot what, just don't worry about this. Let's pray again. Hey, you need to know your purpose. The reason why is because when you don't know your purpose, people tug on you and pull on you and bring you stuff expecting you to take care of it and you accept responsibility for it because you don't know your purpose. When you don't know your purpose, you're forced to accept what life brings you. And for many of us, we got a lot of stuff in our life right now 
that don't necessarily have to be in our life that we feel like it has to be in our life because we don't know our purpose. Your purpose will help you decide what I have to do and what I don't have to do. Your purpose will help you decide in your life what's necessary and what's not necessary. See, without purpose, you, you, you basically do all of this stuff and then you get tired and worn out and depressed and frustrated and you go to bed every night and you're tired and worn out. And although you've worked hard and you've done a lot, you still don't feel like you've done anything. So you're tired and you're aggravated and you feel like you're doing it all for no reason. A lot of us have taken parenting and made it our purpose. We wrap our lives in parenting. For some of us, we've made being husbands and wives our purpose. For some of us, our job is our purpose and we can't figure out why every night we go to bed unfulfilled and feel like although we've done a lot, we hadn't done anything. Somewhere deep down inside of us, we're going, Lord, let me off this hamster wheel. If only I knew how to get off. Purpose, on the other hand, will keep me going even when I'm tired. Purpose motivates me to get up the next morning when I don't feel like getting up. Purpose causes me to look forward to the day. Causes me to look forward to facing the day. When I know purpose and when I'm pursuing purpose, it energizes me and motivates me even when I don't feel like it. You need to know your purpose. Said that Yogi Berra, who was a famous catcher in the Major League Baseball, he was famous because he was good at what he did. But not only was he good at what he did, but he was famous for harassing batters as they came up to bat. And so he would just harass them and get their mind all messed up. And he was good at getting their mind all messed up before they batted. Said that Hank Aaron's team was playing against Yogi Berra's team one day. And Hank Aaron stepped up to bat and Yogi Berra started harassing him just like he harassed everybody else. And Hank Aaron steps up to bat and Yogi Berra starts harassing him and he says, hey, listen, he says, Hank Aaron, you, you got that bat turned the wrong way. He said, it's supposed to be turned to where you can read the words. Hank Aaron ignored him, focused on the task at hand, and when the pitch came down the pike, he swung the bat and connected with the ball and hit a home run. Said he ran around the bases and he came back to home plate and he looked at Yogi Berra and he said, I didn't step up here to read. <laughs> Knowing purpose gives you direction. Gives you focus. Lets you know what I need to be doing, what I don't need to be doing. Well, pastor... I've heard a lot of sermons on purpose. I've heard people teach about it, tell me I need purpose, all of this kind of stuff, but nobody's ever told me how. And what I need to know is how to get in purpose. I don't need to know that 
I, 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 I have a purpose. I don't need to know that I need to be pursuing purpose. What I need to know at this point in my life is how to pursue purpose. I'm glad you said that. The Bible says, and do not be conformed to what? This world, but be what? Come on, be what? How do I be, become transformed? By the renewing of my what? And, and when I become transformed, watch this, by the renewing of my mind, what's going to happen? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of who? So watch this. The, the way that I find the will of God for my life is that I first have to be transformed. And the way that I get transformed is by the renewing of my word, mind. And when you get transformed after your mind is renewed, now you find and are able to prove what is that good and perfect will of God. It starts, though, with being transformed. And that starts with the renewing of my what? Mind. Watch this. Purpose requires preparation. Purpose requires preparation. Watch this. For many of us, we want to know purpose. And we've been struggling with why we don't know purpose. And we've been asking, why in the world haven't I found my purpose? And I'm suggesting to you today that maybe the reason why you haven't found your purpose is because God doesn't give purpose until we're prepared. And so the thing to do is spend my time getting prepared for my what? Purpose. And as long as I don't know my purpose, my job, my goal, my task is to simply get what? Prepare. Well, pastor, how do I get prepared? I get prepared by renewing my mind. If, 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 see, some stuff you, you're not ready for. If God reveals your purpose to you right now, you, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. Watch this. In my own life, I've seen this. I was called to preach. Never forget it. And I went to my daddy who was my pastor, and I'm all proud. You know, I'm right back then, my chest looked like this. <laughs> it did. Y'all don't believe me, it did. It really did. So my stomach was even flatter. I was all proud. And I was like, Dad, I'm called to preach. And you know what he said to me? He didn't say, I'm proud of you. He didn't say, congratulations. He said, well, good. He said, a call to preach is a call to prepare. Now sit down. Wait, what? A call to preach is a call to prepare. Now sit down. I said, I just told you I'm called to preach. And now you're telling me to sit down? He said, yeah. He said, and while you're sitting there, don't teach nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing. Just sit down. Okay, I get it. A call to preach is a call to prepare. 
I can't preach until I'm prepared. I'm with it. I'm thinking this going to last about two, three months, right? A month go by, I'm good. Two months go by, I'm still good. Three months go by, now I feel like I'm ready. Four months go by. Five months go by. Six months go by. Now I'm anxious. And I'm like, when is he going to let me preach? Seven months, eight months, nine months. Now I'm mad. And I'm like, bro, you forgot about your boy, man? He like, nah, I ain't forget about you. Well, what you want to do? Sit down. <laughs> and there would be opportunities to teach where he couldn't be there, and he would get anybody but me. And everybody but me. He would call pastor such and such from Timbuktu to come all the way here to teach Bible study. The janitor was getting opportunities. And I'm like, you know what? The only reason why you're doing this is because I'm your son. I'm mad. You wouldn't do this to nobody else. I I didn't say that. I was thinking it. I'm telling y'all what I wanted to say. And I would have said it, but the way my body set up, it don't take pain too good. But I'm angry and I'm ready to go. And he's like, sit down. And I stayed there and I sat and I prepared and I served. Get this three years. Three years. It was torture. And then finally, he said, you're ready. And I'll never forget, when he said you're ready, within about a month, I was standing up in the Bogafalaya Hall at the Covington, Greater Covington Center preaching my first sermon. Now watch this. And because I had served, and because I had sat, and because I had served the people while I was preparing, the place was packed out. And the people supported what I was doing. And not only was the place packed out, but I'll never forget a few people came to know Christ. And I'll never forget that Wilhelm Allen, our musician, walked up to me afterwards and he said, bro, he said, there is no way in the world that that is your first sermon. He said, you've preached before. And I said, I've never preached. He said, bro, there's no way that that's the first time you've ever preached. I said, I'm telling you, that's the first time I've ever preached. He wouldn't let me do nothing but sit down. But watch this. God blessed the preaching based on my preparation. And because I was willing to prepare, God blessed it when I stepped up to walk in my purpose. I'm looking at some folks and you want your purpose without preparation. 
God's going, that's not how I operate. You, you got to spend some time preparing. How do I prepare? Go back to the scripture. It says, by the renewing of your what? You got to get with the Lord. Well, where we see this in the Bible, Pastor, go back to David. Most of us know David as the man who slew Goliath. He steps up and he slays the big giant. The old preachers say he found three smooth stones. One for the father, one for the son, and one for the Holy Ghost. And he picked up three smooth stones, but only used one. Why? Because the three were in that one. That's the triune God. But he steps up and he slays this giant. And before he slays him in 1 Samuel chapter 17, this is what he says. Watch this. This is important. Says, then David said to the Philistine, now he's talking, he's 12 years old. And keep in mind that he's talking to a giant that's a grown man that been in wars, that done fought people and all that kind of, killed people with his bare hands. He's nine foot tall. He's a giant. And David, this little 12-year-old skinny kid, walks up to him, and this is what he says. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This little skinny 12-year-old kid steps up to this giant with this kind of confidence. And then he preaches to him and then kills him. How? Because before this, David was a shepherd. He was a shepherd in his father's fields. And while he was in those fields, you know what David was doing? Preparing. How do you know? Because what we know as the Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S, are actually songs, S-O-N-G-S, that were written, some of them, by David. And some of them were written while he was in the field. And they are psalms about who God is. So while David was in the field, he was getting to know who God was. In other words, he was growing his relationship with God. He was serving. How was he serving? Because he was serving as a shepherd. He had already been anointed king, and yet he was still serving as a shepherd. So here he is serving and getting to know God. And while he was out there on the field of preparation, God allowed him to kill a lion and a bear, and he got to know, and his faith in God grew. So when he stood before this big, huge giant, where most of us would have saw an obstacle, David saw an opportunity. So he steps up with confidence based on who he knows God is. And he slays the giant. Pastor, why hadn't God shown me my purpose yet? Because while you're in the field of preparation, you're doing nothing. You, you can't do nothing in the field of preparation and then be ready when the giants come. And the reason why God hadn't showed you purpose yet is because he knows you can't handle the giants. 
Why? Because you're not in the field of preparation getting to know him. Instead, if David was some of us, you know what he would have been doing while he was out there as a shepherd? He would have been sitting there going, why he got me out here in this field? All the rest of the people get to go fight battles and stuff. He already said I was going to be a king. He got me in this field sitting around looking at stars, doing nothing, watching these stupid sheep. I don't know what he think he's doing. I can't kill nobody from here. I can't become king from here. Look at all these dumb stars. I'm so bored out here. Why God got me in this stupid field looking at all these stupid stars? Wasting time when you should be preparing. Listen, I'm looking at some folks who are in the field of preparation. And what you should be doing is preparing to walk in your purpose by serving and getting to know the Lord. But instead, you're complaining about the fact that you hadn't found purpose yet. Watch what he says. Next thing it requires is patience. It requires what? Patience. patience. You got to have patience. We live in a microwave society. Where everything is done when? Right when? Now. And so because we want everything right what? We expect God to give us everything right what? And God don't work like you work, man. And he don't have to do everything for you right what? We used to getting everything like that. We're not used to waiting on anything. If we want it, we'll finance it. Even weave. Y'all know they're financing weave? I, I'm not telling no lie. I heard the commercial the other day. You can finance Queen Virgin Remy. Look, somebody in the back, one lady in the back said, my breakthrough. That's my breakthrough. We've been conditioned to get everything right now, and God just don't work that way. God said you got to be patient. Some stuff you got to wait for.